0: This is the Ed Milet Show. All right, welcome back to Max Out, everybody. I'm so excited to have this guest here today. By the way, she's made a huge sacrifice. She's, at the time we're recording this, there's a storm where she lives in Texas. Snow's rolled in. There's no power. She went and got a hotel room so that we could do this today. So if you see the background, that's where she is. And uh, you wouldn't know it from the background, but this is one of the most remarkable People I've ever talked to in my life. I had the great honor of being on her show. She's a cognitive neuroscientist, which just even saying those things is a miracle that I can get that out of my mouth, never mind understand what it is. Um, She's one of the most brilliant people you're ever going to meet in your life. She's a best-selling author. She's got a PhD in communication pathology. She's brilliant. And you're going to write a bunch of notes today. I mean, like a bunch of notes. So Dr. Caroline Leaf, thank you for being here and making the sacrifice to be here today.
1: Oh, Ed, I wouldn't have missed this. So Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. And, and I just absolutely love talking to you. We had the most amazing yeah. talk on when you when I interviewed you. And I think you're incredible as well. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, I don't hold a candle to you of what we're going to talk about today. That's for sure. And we're going to talk a lot about your brain today. Um, she's an expert on memory. She's an expert on thinking. Um, she's also a woman of faith. She's very complex, interesting person and, uh, <laughs> and and a pleasure to listen to as you can already hear with that South African accent. So let's start out a little bit because we're gonna talk about thinking. So I was thinking about thinking good. when I was preparing to talk with you. And I think it'd be a good place to start because I don't think most people understand it. What is a thought? Like oh, how, how
1: does a thought work? That is such a great question. And and I'm really glad that you asked that because it's a good place to start. Okay, a thought is something that you actually build. So it's the consequence of three actions and Those actions are thinking, and when you think, you always you feel, and when you think and feel, you choose. Those three, like my fingers are like stuck together. Those three always go together. You're always thinking. When you're thinking, you're always feeling. When you're thinking and feeling, you're always choosing. And that is mind. And when mind happens, which always happens, you never, your mind is never not with you. You wake up with your mind, you go to bed with your mind, you get dressed with your mind, you eat with your mind, you have discussions with your mind, they're using your mind now. Your mind never stops. So you're always thinking feeling and choosing and thinking and feeling and choosing has a consequence and the consequence is a thought. So the thought is the result of thinking, feeling and choosing. So during the course of the day, you think, feel and choose in response to the experiences of life. It begins as you open your eyes in the morning, and at nighttime, when you close your eyes and go to sleep, then the the mm. thing, the thing, building part of thinking, feeling, and choosing, building, you think, feel, choose, and build thoughts all day long. And mm. then at nighttime, your mind is still going, but now you're sorting out the thoughts that you've built. Kind of a housekeeping, regenerative function, why we dream, get prepared for the next day, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So thought is a real thing that is holding the data of the experience. And it holds the data in terms of information and emotions because you think and feel and choose. So it's data and emotions. So a simple way to understand this is all the listeners and viewers now as you introduced me you would have like literally sown a seed in the ground to use that analogy of this is some mm-hmm. kind of thing about thinking and mind and brain and whatever and then as we're speaking we're growing little roots so as 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 I'm speaking they're growing roots those roots are protein structures and they are holding my words as vibrations and as I'm giving more information so you are growing more of these little protein branches in your brain and it's all connected and coordinated and you're doing it in your own unique way, so every listener would be building their own roots, and it's it's filled with data and emotions because you're thinking and feeling and choosing. As you're listening to me, and then you go like a little tree trunk, which is your angle, how you view this information, and then that produces little branches with leaves. And I've got some analogies here. Here's a, here's a thought. That's what a thought looks like. The roots you yeah. can't see, but there's the little tree trunk, and there's the branches with the leaves. And the branches with the leaves are the memories of how you are seeing this information. So it's the behaviors and the motions of mm-hmm. how you see this information. So my words are down here in the roots, and yes. your interpretation are in the branches and the leaves. And so that whole thing is a thought and like a tree is made of branches and roots. So a thought is made of root memories and branch memories. And collectively this then produces what you say and what you do, it produces your actions. So everything that you do, all your communication, your writing, speaking, talking, running, dancing, jumping, relationship, work, all of that stuff is coming from thoughts that we've built. And we're doing this all day long. We're building thoughts. And then at night, we sort the thoughts out. And that's a healthy thought the viewers and those that can't see if there's some just on audio this is a toxic tree a toxic thought so i'm using a a wiry thought also a tree but you can see it's very much the living dead game of thrones stuff (laughs) so it's very much alive but there's the roots the trunk and the and the trees in your brain your thoughts look like trees that's why we say that thoughts have an arbor like structure tree like structure and in um, and this is healthy. Our brain is wired for, for this. It's not wired for this. This is a f- good, a nice folded protein, nice balanced chemicals, all the right stuff. And this is un- incorrectly folded proteins and chemicals and creates a massive response in our immune system in the brain, which thinks that this is something like COVID. It doesn't like um, this at all. So the immune system will send out the same kind of um immune army the b, b, b and T lymphocytes and macrophages and all that kind of thing to fight this toxic thought in the same way it will fight COVID or any virus in your body so that's how real they are
0: wow okay so <laughs> let's unpack that a little bit so first think field shoes is something everybody can take from this right now and understand that you're processing information that way this okay. idea of the root with the tree is brilliant i even, i understand that so i'm still with you
1: you got and, it
0: um but you know when you and I have talked in the past i want to ask you about this so It sounds to me as if past experience, past thought informs future thought. Absolutely. If we're not not conscious of it. So let's assume I have a pattern of responding to stimulus in a particular way because of this roots gotten bigger and bigger and the trees gotten bigger and bigger. And so these past experiences, these past thoughts are informing how I think, feel and choose currently. How does one overcome the negative implications potentially if they're toxic thoughts uh, of not doing Detrimental damage to us now.
1: Excellent question as well. So they that you're totally correct. Our every experience we have is basically built into our brain and into our mind. So already the implication of what I'm saying is that mind and brain are not the same thing. So we can go there in a moment. But to to, to answer your question, we have to be uh, we we. And when I say we, we with our thinking, feeling, choosing. So we, you, me. That's mind. So we've got this. Part of our mind—that's what I like to call the wise mind. It's this instinct that we just know. It's, it, for example, it's like when you someone mm-hmm. comes to you for advice and you just give them the, this great advice, and there's just this, "Wow, I didn't even know I knew that!" Or you have a great conversation, or something like that. There's this, this instinct inside of us of what's right, okay? And that's what I call the wise mind, and that's thinking, feeling, choosing. So we've got this at our core, and so we're drawing on that 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 sort of. That wise mind psychologically is a gravitational field, scientifically, and that we use to then self-regulate the stuff that's driving us crazy or the bad habits we've got or the whatever. So Mm. we have to get into a system of mind management. We need to manage our minds through self-regulation. And we see from neuroscience and from mind-brain integration research, which has been my field for nearly 40 years now, that we can do that every 10 seconds. I'm not asking you to check on your watch, like on your Apple watch, for so every 10 seconds or your timer. I'm just saying basically, we should be supposed to be, when you're conscious, you should always be self regulating to the extent where. Like, for example, now we're talking. So whoever's listening, whoever's watching, just look at your hands, look at your facial expression, be aware of your body movements, be aware of the impact of what you're saying and how you're saying it or how you're listening. I'm I'm watching all of that at the moment while I'm speaking. I'm extremely aware of it because I'm saying it. I'm looking at your face. I'm seeing your responses. So that self-regulation is what we should be doing all the time. When you self-regulate yourself like that, you'll self-regulate how you're thinking, feeling, and choosing in response to every experience, the conversation, the things that irritate you, the things that frustrate you, the patterns in your life. You'll start seeing, oh, I always respond in this way yes. when this kind of thing happens, or my husband or wife or business partner or child or whatever. We always seem to have the same kind of argument. There's a pattern. So you can start identifying the toxic patterns when you self-regulate. So then you can start identifying the repetition, and then you can start thinking thinking observing, for example, that maybe you highly anxious five times a day or almost every day or all so you start seeing these patterns in your life and all yes. those patterns, that's self-regulation.
0: Caroline's so brilliant that I want to unpack she, she can say in, incredibly powerful things. And I don't want to I don't want to go over all of them and go to the next thing because I want to go deeper on them. So um you talk about the difference between the mind and the brain. I'd like to yes. just have you just mention that and then you teach like I think you call it like five steps to mind management. Yes, the Uh, neuroscience. So give us a quick what's the difference between brain and mind and what are these five steps to managing our mind? Maybe you just listed a few of them there, but I I like lists. So I'm just wondering what those are. Absolutely.
1: Well, first of all, the five steps, we we call the neuro, I call it the neuro cycle. So with your mind, you're cycling through your brain, you're directing the neuroplasticity, which is really nice to know. You can actually direct changes in your brain. So my whole premise is that if you are always, your mind is always working and it's always changing the brain and it's always happening, can we direct that process? So for three, 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 almost four decades now, I've been researching that. And the answer is yes. And that's what's in the book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. So if you add the nearest cycle to your lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle, you actually will literally improve your ability to manage your mind by 81% and more, which is phenomenal because it means that you influence cellular health through the telomeres, which we can unpack as well. Um, you can reduce inflammation. You can improve your immune function, your cardiovascular function, neurological, kidney lung, everything about your body will respond to mind management because your mind basically is driving all those functions anyway. Your gut health, your gut-brain interaction, all of it isn't happening if you dead your brain and body are dead. Dead. So what's keeping what's the difference between a dead person and an alive person? Mind. So if mind is messy, brain and body are messy. If mind is cleaned up and it's a process, because we're all going to be messy because we have free will. And part of getting a, a, a mind sorted out, man, part of mind management is dealing with the mental mess. It's accepting I'm going to be make bad decisions, I'm going to get into arguments. I am going to make, you know, misunderstand people. I am going to have acute traumas and toxic traumas and imposter syndrome and people pleasing and all this stuff, all of us go through in different ways. So I'm going to have that and it's okay, but how am I going to manage it? So for me personally, what's happened over the years is that I still go through these things, but the difference is I'm 81% more efficient in identifying and managing. So instead of something that could throw me years ago for days and affect my work and everything, I can deal with it within seconds and minutes and get back on track. So that's one part of the answer.
0: We really deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies. The truth is, especially when we're taking supplements and whatnot. When it comes to multivitamins, they're, just, they're everywhere. Someone asked me to try Ritual maybe like six months ago, and I have not switched. I've switched multivitamins probably 50 times in my life. I've not switched away once I went to Ritual. It's a vegan-friendly multivitamin. It's formulated with the highest quality nutrients, bioavailable forms for your body that you can actually use. Here's what you won't find in it. You won't find any sugars, GMOs, major allergens. And here's the thing for me, here's why I'm using it. I actually feel it in my body when I take it. And I've never had that before. And so I think it's something you really ought to do. It's available for men, women, teens. And what's great about it is your multivitamins will get delivered to your door every month, free shipping, you can start Snooze or cancel the subscription anytime you want. If you don't love ritual within your first month, we'll refund your first order. Can you imagine? Very few companies are doing that now. So rituals offering all of you guys 10% off during your first three months. You can visit ritual.com slash mylet to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash mylet. Back to the show.
1: So before I go to mind brain, do you want to ask anything or unpack anything? With what i No, said.
0: i are there are there specifically five things like it are going a sequence
1: yes it's a sequence so so before i tell the sequence let me tell you mind, brain because it'll make so much more sense okay. because i've said, alluded to it a lot so your mind is separate from your brain but inseparable so the what is the brain the brain and mind are not the same thing Got it. um and the, the brain and body collectively are made of 37 to 100 trillion cells and your mind is and, and then that those 37 to 100 trillion cells arrange themselves into this incredible, the brain and, and the heart and the lungs, et cetera. And your mind is what actually is the external force that keeps them going, the blood flowing, the chemicals, electricity, the electromagnetics, all of that, which is phenomenal. So that's why if our mind's not managed, the body and the brain will be a mess, mm. and so and that goes down to even like if you are eating, if you're eating maybe eating a farm to table wonderful diet, etc. But you're not dealing with your anxiety, or you're not you're trying to stuff it down, or you're not dealing with that bad habit or that toxic trauma, you will lose up to eighty percent of the nutrition because wow. your mind has affected the ability of the digestive system to actually digest and get the simulate the nutrients and sometimes it's kind of messy and sometimes it's great and we all if we're human we are going to experience messes and there's no shame in that the sooner we get rid of the shame and guilt and condemnation around being messy and the sooner we as leaders talk about the mind more authentically we more the more we give people that follow us a permission to talk about mind. Only three percent of leaders are talking about mind, which is terrible. Mm. So that doesn't—that's creating the stigma that they are pretending that we're perfect, and that's why we see people that seem to be perfect in their lives and they're committing suicide. Meanwhile, it's because we've got this philosophy in this day and age of not being open and seeing um, issues of the mind as helpful messengers of an underlying issue. The cycle then is these five steps. It is how you manage your mind moment by moment. So it's a lifestyle. So the neuro cycle is what you do when you're awake and and conscious, and it then automatically prepares you for sleep because sleep is fixing up your brain. So your mind is always with you. So your mind always needs to be managed. And so an analogy, and then I'll dive into the five steps. You can go three weeks without food. You can go three days without water. You can go three minutes without oxygen, but you don't even go three seconds without using your mind. So you're always thinking, feeling, and choosing, yeah. So it's gather awareness. Second step is to reflect. Third step is to write. Fourth step is to recheck. And the fifth step is an active reach. So each of those, they're so profound. They do the most phenomenal stuff in your brain. And the first half of the book where I talk about the mental health system and I talk about my clinical trials, I do explain what each of those steps are doing. So the first thing is to gather awareness, Gather awareness, and I've chosen words very carefully. If you think of a big fat apple tree and you're apple picking, and this apple tree is so full that you actually can't, like you just go up to, and you just nudge it and the apples are just falling on your head. That's how we often feel when we, our mind's a mess. Just, everything's just falling on our head and it's just too much. So what you can do with a neuro cycle is when you feel that situation coming on, remove yourself from the tree and stand back and watch the tree and gather awareness of all of that. Don't be scared of it. Don't run away from the apple tree. Just stand back and observe the apple tree. Observe what's going on there.
0: Let me jump in about that. This is brilliant. One of the things I've taught for a long time, I didn't understand the neuroscience behind it was that for me, and there's four other steps. This is why everybody needs to get the book, but awareness of your thoughts. I've always said, when I'm aware of these patterns, when I'm aware of my thoughts, they begin to lose their power over me their influence over me. And one of the reasons that that you're, you're explaining it scientifically, which I've always wanted to understand better, because I do become separate from the thought when I observe it, almost like I'm above it and distant from it, like you said. And I realize I'm not just that thought and that it is a pattern that I'm running. And so I just want to acknowledge what Caroline's saying, because from a practical standpoint, when I coach people, this is something that is the first thing I teach is just becoming aware. Now to know that there's four other steps, is obviously very empowering as well. But and I want to just unpack this a little bit into another area. So I want to use your brilliance towards something else. One thing I That's want to acknowledge is that w- what Caroline is saying is that neuroplasticity is real, that, Mind can change matter, that literally that these thoughts, if you change them, change the protein structures in your brain, change the matter of your brain. So this is powerful to know that we can physically change our brain by using our mind. And this distinction between the mind and the brain is also a breakthrough way of listening to it or seeing it for me, as I'm sure it is for everybody else. Just those things alone, just those two things alone have made our time already incredibly invaluable for me and anybody listening to it but as in terms of patterns and awareness and the power that these patterns can have over us i'm a big believer that identity drives so much of our lives mm, and mm. you being i'm just i've heard you talk about this briefly but you know i think we all are trying to become consistent with whatever this identity is that we think mm-hmm. we hold for ourselves and sometimes the lack of an identity is is unbelievably detrimental to someone's yeah. life and i've heard you talk about this being from south africa and watching what they tried to do with Mandela Mm -hmm. and and so could you speak for a minute about the power that identity has over us and a little bit of how we can at least be more aware of the identity we hold and how we can change it to serve us if we need to
1: love your question it's brilliant and it's so important um, yes, I grew up, I was born in Zimbabwe and that had enough, that country alone had enough problems and still has, and then grew up in South Africa and all my kids were born there we've been in the States now for 13 years. So I was in South Africa in the apartheid era and the transition and the post. And so by the time I was, had my first child, my second child that Mandela came into power, we actually, I was carrying my ba- newborn baby and in the, go vote for mandela literally and with our with our housekeeper and you know that's how significant that is in my in my lifetime but i was working in the pre-apartheid if the pre-transition in the i mean the 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 apartheid era and it was horrific i i chose to i worked across all socioeconomic strata and different Mm -hmm. political areas so from the riches of the rich to the poorest of the poor education corporate and I spent three days a week working in the what they called the townships, which were areas that they had two apartheid separated out, absolutely evil. And the reason I chose to, to work in all the different environments was to understand mind and humanity. So wherever you are, whatever you're in, how does this work? And how can we, how can we use our mind to help us cope with all these different circumstances? So in terms of identity, absolutely, what you experience... Um, in your nurturing and in your and in the environment that you grow up in is definitely going to affect how you see yourself because every experience is a is converted through think, feel, choose into brain. So you can imagine a massive forest, which is your non-conscious mind, N-O-N. And that massive forest is filled with all different shapes and sizes of trees. And in between the green trees, you've got these little black trees and maybe there's a big clump and maybe there's a little one and some trees are little and some green little black trees from a recent experience and some very big ones from long established experience. So something like racism would be a very, very dominant, cluster of dark black trees mm-hmm. oozing the warning signal of all the anxiety and the stress and the terrible things that come from something as evil as racism, which is pervasive mm-hmm. and affecting ability to actually how you see yourself. And so every bit of nurturing is built into your brain. Every experience is built into your brain to so this forest Is influencing in the middle of the forest, just to give a visual, we have this wide full of optimism bias. So, I always expand it like a strip of trees that are perfect. In the middle of the forest, there's this untouched area that's just perfect, and that's we want want to really access that. So, if you're flying your helicopter, which is you in life, you're flying your helicopter, and you kind of, if you as you develop self regulation, you don't just fly your helicopter and bash into a tree and crash, which is what you we do a lot of. That's messy. We, we We want to know how to not do that. So, self regulation teaches us how to fly with the pilot and co-pilot. So we're flying over this forest and we're looking at where whatever whatever smoke signals are coming up, where are the signals and if you see there that there's so much of that particular type of black cluster of trees, dark and that's influencing how you see yourself. Your identity has been affected. But if you look at your, if you really dig deep and you'll see the middle part of the forest, which is you, it's Ed, who can do something else that no one else can do. But there's these traumatic experiences that are affecting identity. So they can block and they can become so big that they can actually build a like a black wall against the green forest. So it's almost hard to see who you really are because you're so busy um, being involved in that, that you're stuck in that cluster so that's why i say you've got self-regulation is not sitting and walking amongst those trees and getting lost which is what we do but it is actually getting in the helicopter and flying above and saying okay self-regulate what am i doing what am, what's what why and and you and the only way you can get to the trees and the forest and all that stuff is by looking at the warning signals so these we track and then so then you would pay attention, gather awareness of four basic signals. The first is the emotional. So let's say that you're feeling a high state of anxiety that could be or depression. Now, depression and anxiety are not its, they're not illnesses. To say you have clinical depression or clinical anxiety is one of the most unscientific statements of our age and has created a huge problem where people are now backing way more with mental health, not because mental health is on the rise, but because the mismanagement of mental health is on the rise, we're not allowing people to talk about the story in the forest. We're just saying, oh, signal of depression, five symptoms, you can't sleep, you can't get out of bed, you're feeling um, whatever, suicidal, blah, blah, blah. Okay, diagnosis, label, treatment is mainly medication. At the current stage, is the gold standard. Some therapy, if you're lucky. Okay, and that very often the therapy is putting a Band-Aid on the wound because they don't deal with the whole origin story. Wow. That's terrible. What we have to do is we have to say, okay, so there is the signal. There is this emotion of depression It's consistent in your life or anxiety or both. Very often it's comorbid together and terror and despair and anger and a whole bunch of others. It's never just one. So all of this is giving you power and giving you control, shifting the power balance. When you do this, gather in this way, and I'll finish the other three in a moment, you are making 1,400 neurophysiological responses work for you and not against you. Your blood vessels around your heart are dilating, which is sending blood flow and oxygen to your brain. That's increasing your ability to think more more creatively. It's decreasing impulsivity. I can go on and on and on.
0: Well, if you're a business owner, I can tell you right now, many of you are making it harder to run your business than is really necessary. You don't have to let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. I tell you, I did this in all 23 of our businesses. And here's the reason I did it. I want to get all my information right on one screen in one place without multiple spreadsheets, quick this, face that. I don't want to do any of that stuff. NetSuite gives you everything in one place so you can look at stuff, call a shot, make a decision and execute. That's what you need to be doing in business. And I got to tell you, they give you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything basically all in one place instantaneously. And whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions of revenues, you can save time and money with NetSuite. So. There's 24,000 companies doing this. Let NetSuite show you how they can help you a little bit with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash mylet. It's free, so try it. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash mylet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T. That's netsuite.com slash mylet. Let's get back to the show.
1: So then I know my body is in a state of healing. But when I suppress it, if I don't gather awareness, if I just suppress it, my 1,400 neurophysiological responses will work against me. So now my blood vessels around my heart, for example, one of the 1,400, will constrict. That means less blood flow, less oxygen to the brain, increased impulsivity, decreased cognitive flexibility. That's just a few. There's a a, a lot more that I'm just giving a few not to overwhelm. So... I, I, I stay in a state of increased vulnerability to disease by 75 to 98% if I don't gather awareness. But if I gather awareness, I shift that. The moment I gather awareness, in milliseconds, I've gone from brain damage to brain healing. In seconds. Yes. Wow. In milliseconds. It's phenomenal. This is how important mind management is. Yeah. So then I gather. And this is not hard. It is hard, but it's not hard. It's hard because we, we have got very... We just want to. We want quick fixes. There's no quick fix when it comes to mind. This is a lifestyle. So you gather awareness of your emotional stuff, the depression, anxiety. Label it. Be specific. Um, then you're going to gather awareness of your physical state, heart fluttering, GI symptoms, tension in your shoulders. What is physically going on alongside this? The emotional stuff it could be a series of things. There's no. There's no cookie cutter, anything. You're unique. You have a unique signal guide. Then you're going to look at your behavioral signals. In other words, what are you doing? How are you speaking? How are you view? How are you connecting with others? How are you doing your work? How are you just with yourself? All the behaviors. How are you speaking? How are you whatever? What's your creativity like? So what are your behaviors when you're in this state? And then you're going to go to your perspective. As I start getting specific about looking at these emotional, physical, and behavioral warning signals. I'm actually looking at the branches. I'm looking at this, these, because they memories The Mm. thought tree is made of memories. So I'm, the signals have drawn me in and those have been these, what I've just described. But now as I land my tree, I'm starting to look a little closer at these signals. Mm. And so now I also want to look at what my perspective is. What is the tree trunk? What's the perspective of what's this giving me? Life sucks, or I hate life, or it's not worth living, or there's just no purpose, or What's the, then you start That's So by the time you've done that, you've objectively gathered all these apples in your basket. You control them. Now you go to looking at the detail. What is, does this mean? What's the data? That's when you reflect. So reflect is ask, answer, discuss, ask, answer, discuss, put the thoughts on trial, do that autopsy, that mental brain surgery without the blood, why, and then you answer why, and you discuss why, and you dig, dig, dig. Anyway, so when you write, you can write in lines, but I would recommend you learn how to make a metacog. It is unbelievable. In therapy, when I used to still practice, we would have people battling with schizophrenia, which is not a disease. It is a broken mind. It is someone who's gone through so much trauma that they're disassociating, their mind's disassociated. It's a symptom of an underlying trauma. And very often they can get multiple personalities because it's coping, it's pure survival. So this system, the system, of the neurocycle, in the extreme form, we would use that. And by the time we got to writing, I could show, I could have a subject who had split their, personality, their minds because of Trauma as they're writing onto the medic in the medical, which is a pattern in the med- middle on branches, like a tree, like a branch grows, each branch grows out the previous branch, and leaves are growing on the branches. That's what you do you grow branches and you put your words on the branches, and you, you just like literally. Pour your brain on paper. As we did this, we would the the sub patients would actually see oh same con- they're talking about the same thing. But suddenly there's three different perspectives. The fourth step is then to recheck. It's to look at what you've written. The third step's messy. It's like words all over the place. The fourth step is where you start connecting. What are the patterns? What is the antidote? What is the what do I need to reconceptualize? See it differently. It's if we use an algebraic example we all probably remember X plus Y equals Z, even if we didn't understand it. I'm sure all of us can recall X plus Y equals Z. And the concept there is that X plus Y creates something kind of new that's over, it's like sort of replaces. I'm not saying that, I'm saying X plus Y equals X, Y. Reconceptualization is X, Y. Because it's your story that you don't want to just, Z, I'm putting a bandaid on. I'm not fixing the issue. And that's what, if if you just do like 10 CBT, you know cognitive behavior therapy, not that I'm saying it's bad. You can use CBT, but CBT fits in step five. If you want it to work for you, you've got to first find out what's going on. And then you, but if you just, or positive affirmations, people use, uh, they're feeling terrible or they want to achieve a goal. 10 of those in the morning, 10 at night. They, it's a bandaid. It's not going to be sustainable because you have to find out what you. What are you trying to drown with the affirmation? So you want the affirmation to work. You have to go through the neuro cycle, then the affirmation will work as a first step. You know, that's how you've got to change perspective.
0: There's so much in there to unpack that I don't, I want everybody to do is go back and replay that because there's so much in there. And also you have to have the book too, so that some of these things that, you know, that are on the surface, while we're doing this now go much when you're in the book. But I want to ask you, we're getting so deep into the science of it. One of the things that I'm going to go completely different direction with you. For Perfect. A minute. So one of the things that fascinates me about you is that as I've learned more is, you're also a person of faith, not religion, so to speak. I don't think, yeah. but faith. Mm-hmm. And um, frankly, most of my uh, scientist friends, even my science friends, not all of them. So this isn't a fair statement, but yeah. I think you would agree with me that by yeah. and large, there's usually two camps of people in life. Absolutely, there's sort of faith-based and science-based, and that's not that's that's too big of a general statement. But it's true. I have right, it's by and large. I have all kinds of friends. Who are very scientifically based, including myself, who have incredibly faith. But you are a little bit that you understand so much about the brain. And I'm wondering for you, uh, I've always felt like my thoughts are prayers. I've felt that way.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Thoughts are prayers. Is there any validity to that being true? Because prayer is such a deep state of consciousness and diet. And then is there anything particularly about, maybe organized religion in general, you think maybe gets it wrong. So it's kind of two questions mm, in one. Mm. And I'm just curious of your thoughts about both of them. Cause I mm. just personally, I'm fascinated by that. Both, you live in both worlds as do I. So I'm just curious.
1: I love it. I love how you, I love that you've asked that question. And for me, it's the, the most obvious answer because spirituality and science are one and the same thing. So if you think of like all the well, beautiful, okay. all the they're just two sides of the same coin. But if you think of it like the spirituality is like a story, the philosophy. And if you look at all like the Bible and, and the Torah and the Quran, you, all the holy books of all the different religions, whichever religion, and the, just the diversity of all the religions is an indication of how magnificently huge humanity is and that there's something that's beyond. That's how I see it. So the diff- diversities is so beautiful and how all... Across the whole world, every culture has some Belief system that goes beyond just me here, and that that for me is spirituality. And I don't, and and that's where it goes to even the second answer. First is that I think organized religion is just man trying to get control. But when and if they want to do it, and it keeps them being a loving person, great. And if they are, are an accepting person of other religions, fantastic. The problem of organized religion comes in when they say this is the only way, because there's no ways that there is only one way, because there's so many different people. There's something you can do that no one else on this planet can do so if it doesn't do it we all suffer so there's a viewpoint and every the beauty of the diversity is different ways of seeing the different facets of what i would call godness so i talk about godness as opposed to god and limiting god how so many religions will say he i never understand he even in the bible it says male god made in god's image male and female so obviously god's not Male or female gods—a combination of what we don't understand. So the beauty of spirituality is we just don't understand it, and to try and understand it is to lose, to miss it, and to see that it's this incredibly beautiful beyond the sunset, the falling in love, the having a child, the the, the rising from the ashes, the you know the, the the agreeing to disagree, seeing different ways of doing different things, seeing that that is not just one type of that is spirituality, and that's the story. It's the beautiful story of humanity. Science is how it all works. How does the world work? How does the brain work? How does the mind work? How do we as humans work? And how does the world work? So you can't separate them because you are a human. And if you believe in in whatever you believe in, you, you still are a human with a brain. So science still applies to you because you're a human. You use your cell phone, you're using science. You eat food, you, you that's science. You are parenting a child or you are running a business, that's science. Science comes from the word sclera, which means knowledge. So everything that we gain, everything, you're a scientist, I'm a scientist, we just science and dif- we just both have knowledge of different fields. You know, so if you look at it like that, it's about knowledge, the how to, and then the story of, and you put the two together, you have a beautiful complex humanity.
0: I love Freshly, why? Because the food tastes great and it's healthy. That's the bottom line. It's fresh made food, nutrient packed, delicious meals delivered to your door. No cooking required and the food is so good. You're gonna tell me, Ed, I cannot believe this food is healthy <laughs> because it tastes so good, but it is Ordering's easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious satisfying meals. Freshly can help your fit lifestyle or help you just get a fit lifestyle. I guess by the way. $6 and 16 cents a meal for a full meal, by the way, $6 and 16 cents. So stop searching the internet for all this stuff. This is where you need to go right now. Freshly's offering my listeners, you guys, my family, $40 off your first two orders. When you go to freshly.com slash my let that's F R E S H L Y.com slash my let for 40 bucks off your first two orders. Try Freshly now, and for a limited time, take advantage of the 40 bucks. That's a lot for your first two orders. Go to Freshly.com slash mylet to learn more. Back to the show. The reason I wanted to ask Caroline, this guy's going to jump in, is because she said this on stage with one of the most powerful and well-known pastors in the world in a conversation that I watch. And I know you know the conversation I'm talking yes. about, Caroline. And And uh, he responded like I did because I'm a Christian and that's an organized religion. When I say organized religion, I don't mean it in the way that most people do. I mean more like the doctrine particular church as opposed to an organized doctrine of a religion. I I believe in Jesus Christ. People know that that follow me, but I'm open and uh, love people of all faiths. But I believe in an organized religion. But oftentimes, you know, certain specific churches will, you know, certain scriptures to an extreme one of the things that she was talking about with one of the with this particular pastor was and he even said that sometimes you know the bad things that happen in our life it's very easy if you just blame it on the devil or blame it on this That's but what if, it, what if it wasn't just the devil it happened to be that you're thinking in a toxic way and so there is this and i want to bridge that yeah. gap between people that are strong believers and yeah And science. Like I believe there's a quantum field. I just happen to believe the creator of the universe created this larger field that we can plug into that has vibrational frequency. Exactly, exactly. Things And and so I want to make sure my audience knows I'm a strong believer in my faith at the same time. And I'm a strong believer in the organized structure of Christianity for me. But what I... What I think sometimes, I think you do too. Sometimes, though, particular churches, every church anybody's ever gone to, no matter what their faith is, there's a slant. There's a, a reliance on maybe one version of mm-hmm. scripture or a belief than other. And I make sure that sometimes that doesn't blunt people understanding that they don't have thoughts. They still control it specifically. They can still gain, to your point, science more knowledge. I do the program. For me, the more I learn, about the nuances and the sophistication, the intricacies of the brain and neuroscience yes. makes me more reliant that there must be a creator of this magnificent structure.
1: Exactly. We, we exactly. have a very,
0: mm-hmm. very basic understanding of. And so when you're hearing scientific things like this, for me, it strengthens my face. What an amazing God I must have to create these amazing beings that we all are, that function the way we are. And I that God wants us to function at a higher level for his good, for the service of you. And the more we understand ourselves, the more we understand our mind and the difference in our mind, our thought, the trees, and the all of the stuff that we're talking about here, Feel the more you become great at these things, you can serve your God better, your version of God. So I just want to make sure Thank I said you. that today because it's she's so fascinating to me in this regard. Okay, a couple more things because we're going to run out of time and like – I love this stuff. Is there
1: one or two? Can I, can I interrupt you for one second? Sorry. I wanted just yes, to just in to add to that. there. if you think of yes. the, um, the, so, I mean, I was just teaching in a church this last Sunday. I teach all over the place, neuroscience, conferences, churches, medical communities. I, I, I teach humanity. I teach humanity. Yeah. And one of the things, what do we think we're doing here? We're capturing, we're bringing all thoughts into captivity. We're renewing yes. the mind. So, the, if you want to know the science of how to do that, you know, the, that, that's a, that's a, the statement that people will make oh, bring all thoughts, but they're not doing it. So, here I'm telling you how to do it. So, that's where the Bible tells the story science is how to do it. Yes. And then you, and we don't, when we talk about wide for love and survival and that first through the middle, that's all made in love image, which is perfection but we have i lay before you life and death blessing and cursing choose life so we can choose so that's why we make a mess in the outer forest and that's why we have to go into our wisdom forest to go fix up the outer forest so there's kind of a if you want a more spiritual angle to what i teach
0: no i love that and i want people to know that you do as well and this really strong belief i don't like this battle between the two which to me is just ridiculous like I mean, yeah. this beautiful rain that caroline has tapped into that is her to serve us, to serve one another so that we can live longer and so that we can live more productively and we can be kinder to one another and we can understand those. And the more and more I've understood how my mind works and I've changed myself through lots of techniques like she teaches, I frankly feel like I've been, you know, I sin all the time still, but I, but I feel like I'm a better man of God. I understand human beings better. I have more empathy, have more faith because I understand these things. And so they're not one or the other. They're both, as you've said. Two sides but of the same coin. Can you give us one or two? to brain rituals for brain health, just rituals for brain health. One or two things we do on a regular basis.
1: Okay, well, the neuro cycle goes without saying. That's your number one. We, yeah, need to, we need to get into, that's the main, that is the main thing that you want to be doing all the time because that's constantly driving your mind and driving neuroplasticity. So you're linking into the spiritual and you're driving that healthy spiritual through the brain to get the brain healing like it should. So that brings brain healing. And so that, in addition to that, you can do your brain preparation. And brain preparation would include things like deep breathing and these different types of breathing. So one of the techniques that um, that I've kind of combined in research, which is so powerful, is um, is this combination where you would breathe in for three counts, but you, and then you breathe out for seven. So it's a 10 second, I call it the 10 second pause. So you're breathing in for three, a deep inhalation, but you're exhaling for seven. And the reason you exhale for longer and you really whoosh it out, you really push it out, like that yogi breath, you really push it out, that ocean breath at the back of your throat, is that that pushes the oxygen to the front of your brain. And the minute you upload oxygen, oxygen to the front of your brain, but you almost like have to shake your head because you feel lightheaded, you have increased your, um, you've dropped impulsiveness and you've increased your introspective ability. So you're wiser, you've increased your wisdom and you've also calmed down neurochemicals that will then calm down your entire brain and body, which then makes you much more able to think clearly. So if you do that at least six to nine times, so for 60 to 90 seconds, you are going to put your brain health in a very ideal state to do the neurocycle. But at any stage, if you n- need to calm down in the moment, that's a great 60 to 90 second thing. So in for three, out for seven. And then you can add to make it even more powerful. You can add a cognitive component. You can take the words of the mind. Remember, mind is how you think, how you feel, and how you choose. The three work together. So you can add, You can you, when you breathe in, when you inhale for three, you say think, feel. And then as you exhale, you say choose. So it's Ooh. think, feel choose and as you do that you can do it quietly in your mind or out loud you are bringing in a cognitive component factor so you're forcing mind-brain integration you're forcing into inter-hemispheric coherence which means left right will work together you are balancing all all waves of your brain which is alpha delta theta alpha beta gamma you're increasing theta as well which is a healing wave you're increasing gamma which increases creativity so the, the does that give does that answer your question or do you want more? Thank
0: you. No, thank you. I mean, I, you're just such a treasure. Like the I don't like I don't want to end the interview because I want to just keep asking you things because there's 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 maybe the only person on the spitting earth who can answer these things the way that you do. But I want to finish okay. with something that I find when I coach people holds them, and and I think that maybe you can help me help other people and just help anybody listening to it. And this is this idea of cognitive dissonance and. I think what holds people back, and you can explain it differently than I can, but it's holding you you, you talk about coherence a minute ago, mm-hmm. getting both sides mm-hmm. of the brain working mm-hmm. together. It's another type of coherence, though, or incoherence or incongruency, where we hold two conflicting thoughts. First of everybody, I want to be a multimillionaire, but there's this other part of you that thinks rich people get there by doing bad things. And so these are two mm-hmm. thoughts in conflict. And so it's great to have a, 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 a positive thought. Have this cognitive dissonance issue, which she's holding up both trees. If you're listening to the audio, the healthy one and the toxic one. Is there a? She's doing this. So this is the root of the, the. Basically, we go to the 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 root of your work, so to speak. Root, pun intended. Right? Because of the trees. Is there people aware? holding these two thoughts, not just a positive and negative, but they are in conflict with one another, which is different. You can have a positive and a negative thought, but when two thoughts contradict one another, I think you're wired for pain potentially, and you're wired to sort of chase your tail, so to speak. So if someone's sitting here going, well, heck, that's me, like no question at all. Like I want to be in a loving relationship, but I don't think I deserve to be loved. Those are two thoughts in conflict with one another. What would you say lastly to somebody who not and even as I've said it are starting to become aware of other conflicting thoughts they have. What would you say to somebody like that?
1: First of all, that it's very normal. We all have it because we're all dealing with so much stuff. So it's very much because we can make choices and because there's so many options and there's that that's why. So it's very normal. So just to it's so important that we don't get frightened and and um get into guilt shame and condemnation because we do every time we do something wrong, because of or unfortunately, because of our Neuro reductionistic world that we live in and quick fix world. And like, you know, what's wrong with you if you haven't said enough gratitude statements, or if you haven't in the yeah. religious world, you know, where's your faith? And so there's a lot of toxic positivity in both the religious world and the psychological and the scientific world where you're supposed to be in this day and age. So that leads to a lot of cognitive dissonance. So first of all, I want to normalize it, which immediately people should be going, phew, I'm not the only one. As soon as you do that, you've already started shifting brain processes and brain health. The other thing is that the this is what we wired for. So if I'm in cognitive dissonance and the one is saying you this is this and, the, and then the other one is saying the opposite, then you have to use this to fix this. You have to go through okay. the neuro cycle. Going, it's going to take you 63 days, but you don't ignore this. You land your helicopter and you start doing the work and you start working out why is there this dissonance? Why is there this this cognitive dissonance where I'm thinking one thing, but I'm doing another? Or I know I should be doing that, but I can't do that. or I believe, whatever, anything that's in opposition, because um, th- this is the wise mind. Your cognitive dissonance is the wise mind and some kind of experience that has led to the growth of this thought that is impacting your behavior. So what we want to do is find out what where did this come from and how can I reconceptualize it so that I can operate in this accurate truth. So mm. when you yeah, so that's it. So you just you got to do the work of the it's not gonna go away in five minutes. I would recommend landing the helicopter, do the neurocycle over the 63 days.
0: I have to tell you the two things that I took from today, because I have read the book. And so I'm aware of the five steps and there's two things I took from today. I just want to share with everybody. Well, three, one is that you're even more brilliant than I knew <laughs> it's more incredible than I knew, but two things, one, I'm driving the helicopter. Yep. So, and so are you all you're driving that helicopter so you can get above these things and look down at them and you can park the helicopter and do the work. And that's important to know. Cause I think sometimes we think the helicopter drives us
1: yes. and that's
0: yes. not the case. And, I, and then and then I think probably, you know, there's a lot of different things you shared today, but I think the second one for me is that I can get above these thoughts and that they can lose their power over me. I've always sort of known that to some extent, mm-hmm. but I don't think I understand the extent that you've said this today. And I just really want to thank you. I, I think today was one of the most remarkable conversations. I, 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 I know it's one of those people are gonna have to go back and listen to again because of, because of the depth of it. But I just think you're unbelievable. I want people following you to so just start at Instagram. I mean, they should get your books, but should they go to Instagram to, uh, to follow you there? Is that the best place? Probably? Yeah, go to
1: Instagram, Dr. Caroline Leaf, because from there you can get to everything. And the book yeah. is at doc- a cleaning, cleaning up, your mental name of the book, com. I've got a podcast, as you know, you've been on it, cleaning up your mental mess, but that's a great place. Instagram, the book, book cleaning up your mental mess.com
0: Guys, she's unbelievable. She's one of a kind. I'm just oh. telling you, which is why I'm so grateful to have had a chance to uh, share this experience with all of you guys here today. So. Thank you, Caroline. And I can't wait to have you back again because this is this is easily one part of like a 10-part conversation oh. for sure. So. Thank
1: you so much, Ed. Thank you. I love your questions. You always ask such insightful questions and we, we do, we have a great conversation. We could just keep going and going. So I'd love yeah. to come back. Thank you so we're, much.
0: We're going to have dinner. It's going to be like a five-hour dinner. So I think wow. so.
1: Yeah, what, maybe we should just like make it an all-day thing that it starts in the morning and we just like end at night, you know?
0: I would love that. <laughs> if they record it, we can put it out and it'll get a, get a lot of go. people. But even if they don't, it would serve me. So thank you oh, so much no, Everybody, everybody please share the show with anybody you care about that you think this would benefit and uh if you listen to the audio version go over to youtube and subscribe if you're watching this on youtube click on an audio platform and listen to the audio versions of this so you can get it as you travel as well god bless you all and max out this is the ed mylett show